I'm Bob Sullivan, the new host of AARP's The Perfect Scam Podcast. And with Frank Abagnale and other top fraud experts, we're bringing you brand new episodes of America's most shocking scam stories. I got an email alerting me to 22 accounts that had been opened up in my name. Scam was masterfully designed. New episodes available now. Subscribe to The Perfect Scam Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. As things change, other things stay the same, like Ohio Lottery scratch-offs, from small tickets to big tickets, from bright colors to flashy themes. There's something for everyone. Big wins make big stories, but it's the millions of small wins every day that make life-changing memories. And your biggest win will come by following the state-recommended safety protocols during this special holiday season. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Reasonable Wrestling. It is I, Chris, the Most High, and I am here via satellite with my tag team partner, CT, a.k.a. Chitty Bang. What's going on, Chitty? What's good? What's good, everybody? How was your week? I hope to thank you for listening. Uh, how was your week, Chris? Because well, we are via satellite. Uh, it's cold as shit where I'm at, nigga. It's like fucking... 19 degrees, nigga. 19? 19. Shit. See, you know, I, I do miss the holidays from New York. I do. Um, the seasons. But I don't miss the cold. Like, you know, I do miss the seasons, but I don't want it to be that cold. You know what I mean? I hate when I have to go back home and deal with the culture shock that it is of New York uh, blitz weather, uh, you know, freezing cold weather. Bro, we uh, went back home so, in April and it was fucking freezing. Like, you gotta be shitting me for mania. And I'm like, oh, hell no. Nah. <laughs> but, uh, no, we had no, a... No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Go ahead. I can't I know. See, we're not, we're, not, we're not by each other right now, so hard to uh, not cut each other off. <laughs> so you guys bear with us. <laughs> no, I was going to ask you how was the weather down there in Florida? How, how does it feel out there in Florida right now as a contrast to 19 degrees? Oh, it's not 19 degrees over here. Yeah, you know already. Same, same old, same old. You know, it's a little chilly outside. You know, low 60s, high 60s. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, if y'all don't know what it is by now, man, it is the raw, uncut, unfiltered, unedited, underground podcast of this professional podcasting game, man. Please follow us on Twitter, RW Podcast One. Everything else you can search and find us, Reasonable Wrestling Podcast. Wherever podcasts are being podcasted, go ahead and download, like, subscribe, comment, all that good shit. Um, me and CT, we had a pre-show meeting and... Um, we we talked about how wrestling didn't really tickle a fancy this week too much, but we're here, um, and we got uh, some shit to say, you know what I mean? So, uh, you want to kick off the week? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I,
Talk a Week, honestly, it, it's, um, it was a really good TLC. I want, I want to start with that. Like, TLC, I thought, no bullshit, was probably one of the best shows of the year. I actually got to go back and watch on the network to confirm that. But I was really entertained by the show. Um, whenever I get, like I say, with any show, three moments in a show that say, hey, I tuned in and I got what I wanted, then I say it was a good show. So I got to give a, 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 some props to WWE for pulling off and putting together a uh, December hit review that I actually was thought was entertaining. And I know we've been in this holiday drought like we do every single year where they're kind of like in a limbo period where the storylines are not really clicking. But when you actually have a pay-per-view where the guys go out there and perform and the matches are great, I can't complain. So they set up, even though the storyline leading to the matches weren't fantastic, um, they set up matches that I wanted to see. Like, let's first get into the Bernie Murphy, uh, Alistair Black match. That match is arguably match of the night. Um, the storytelling in that match, it's just uh, the, the, them kind of like outmatch each other. And Buddy Murphy looked like a legit contender. Probably Alistair Black's biggest test since he's been on the, on the roster. And honestly, it didn't make Buddy look, look bad in defeat. And that sequence at the end was ill. So um, shout out to Buddy Murphy and Alistair Black. And I hope his nose is all right because I always love when there's blood in the match, but that looked kind of nasty. It did look nasty, and it did look uh, inadvertent. It didn't look like that was supposed to happen. Uh, so, um, but that match was fucking what it was supposed to be, which was fucking absolutely fire. Okay, and fucking to be honest, um, you know, it might have been the best match on the card if not for the tag team match um, of uh, New Day and Revival. Uh, that match to me was, um, with, without depth, depth of storyline, which they actually technically have, um, with, I would say a lack of build. That was kind of one of the best ladder matches that I've seen, um, in quite some time, especially a tag ladder match. Um, I agree. With, without without all the spots and shit like that, the psychology of I mean, it was was good. Like it was. I mean, there was some spots though, like that Kofi spot with the with the. Um, he's an incredible man. Uh, just that balance on the mat. I mean, rope when they tried to they tried to pick. Oh the my yes, the balancing on the rope and then turning yeah. into the tornado DDT. Unbelievable. Um, Kofi is a national treasure. I think that we should all you know give Kofi his roses and that. We wouldn't be getting these spots other than hey, Ricochet, maybe, uh, without Kofi. You know, I think Ricochet might be able to be the new Royal Rumble guy uh, when Kofi has retired. But speaking of Kofi, he's not retiring anytime soon. We'll talk about it later on, but he, they just got the contract. So shout out to the New Day. Uh, they won the match. You said the Revival was going to win the match. I was contrary. I thought New Day would keep it. And I think uh, it was they, they both looked great in the match. I do want to give some props to Scott Dawson for taking that ball. And... Big E's taking that bump on the ladder. Oh, Big E's bump was a lot. Big E's bump was crazy. Yeah. He took two. <laughs> like, back to back on that ladder. Yeah, it was crazy. It was, it was a good match. It was a great match, actually. I and mean, it is arguably um, one of the matches of the night. I also wanted to show some love to our woman. And in the, the main event, uh, Becky Lynch and Charlotte and the Kabuki Warriors are fucking all four badasses. And 
that they can, I'm not sure what they came up to prove, but they, they went out there and showed that they can have a hardcore uh, ladder match just as good as the men and put their body on the line just as much as the men do and just go balls to the wall, no, no balls, but like, no pun intended, they went out there and just, you know, did the damn thing. Uh, they balled out, no pun intended. <laughs> no balls. Uh, no balls. Oh my god. Yo, this episode might be balled out. No balls. <laughs> no balls out, nigga. Uh yo, yes, um the 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 big takeaway or controversy from that weekend or from that match per se was uh Kyrie Zane's health. Um, uh, rumor had it is that she had got her bell wrong. She had a concussion, uh, during that match. So that match wasn't even as good as it was supposed to be, uh, because, uh, Kyrie Zane was knocked out of it. And shout out to Bully Ray, um, for giving a little bit of insight, uh, on the Bush Open podcast as he has been in so many TLC matches. Um, just stating how, um, how important and how vital everybody is in that match and how you can't wing it in a TLC match. Uh, there so he's... You, sorry to cut you off, but did, do you know where she actually got the buff, like the concussion? The, um, no, so it was a few spots where, you know, she was just littler than Charlotte. You feel me? Like the big boot um, when she jumped off the top rope, possibly, uh, and got the big boot off the apron. Uh, possibly the, the, the suplex or the, the exploder into the barricade when she hit her head there. Um, that was kind of where she probably could have got it. Uh, um, she, she was definitely concussed when, uh, she couldn't take the spear. She was concussed when she couldn't take this spear and she was concussed when she couldn't, um, get up for the power bomb and she was, and she was concussed when she couldn't do the elbow spot. I mean, she took a fucking beating, bro. And just shout out to Kyrie Jane. She finished the match and, and got all the way through that. Uh, Charlotte took an ill bump when she took that powerbomb. Oh, uh, yo. I didn't uh, know if she legit hurt herself with her head or her neck with that powerbomb, yeah. but that shit was vicious. Like, Fuck! <laughs> bro, oh, that chair shot, nigga? Oh, nigga. Yo. Maybe that slap, that, that slap, she didn't know Kyrie Zane was saying back in there, but she slapped the shit out of her side. She's like, but you hit me with this chair, and you not taking my finisher? Fuck out of here, nigga. <laughs> Yo, it was an incredible match, and I, um, it was a TLC match, but they also had a fire extinguisher, and they had a rope. They were very creative. They and had they spots had that we've players. never seen before in the ladder match, which was fucking crazy. Like, we've been That's watching wrestling a long time, nigga. And not seeing those spots like that. For real, the creativity, I got to hand it to them. Um, using the rope to tie Becky Lynch to a ladder, and she couldn't get off and for a minute, you know, and that was smart. That was strategic. That was, you know, um, and then they had to pull, you know, they had the ropes play into the match later on when she pulled the ladder when Becky Lynch was trying to grab the title, and she, she fell. It was brilliant, honestly. So I got to hand it to them. As possibly match of the night as well. So like TLC gave me three matches where I can like, damn, like I don't know which matches really match of the night. And when that happens, I'm a satisfied wrestling fan. Y'all should be satisfied wrestling fans when that happens. So TLC to me um, uh, might be one of the best 
shows of the year. Um, now, they didn't have a great grand moment where it's like, oh my God, this person won the title, but I didn't need all that. I, I mean, the Kaboom Warriors winning the championship at the end of the night uh, or retaining the championship, championship, I think elevates those titles and titles. And they did it over two of the best women in the, in the women's division. So, um, all in all, the Kabuki Warriors being tag team champions are making that tag team title legitimate. And uh, I think it's coming full circle with getting to Asuka this kind of role. It makes sense now, because I always want to see Asuka as a single star. But and I didn't get the whole Kabuki Warriors thing. But okay, I've given it some time now, and you know, it's, it's, it's working out. Like, you know, Asuka and Kyrie Zane are killing it. They are. They're, they're, they're on the verge of having a big 2020, as you've seen going forward into Raw. Um, Becky Lynch actually called out Asuka as being something that she needs to fix within herself. That's something that she has to uh, self-correct from losing to Asuka um, at Royal Rumble, from losing to Asuka previously at TOC, not just this one, but the last one. Um, Becky having a point to prove by being the man, and you know the saying, if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man, and Asuka's the baddest bitch on the planet until Ronda Rousey uh-huh. returns, you know what I mean? So I love I loved, I loved that part. I love the promo from Becky. Uh, something that happened on TLC that is quick that I want to get to that was a rollover into Raw was uh, Almas and uh, fucking Alberto on TLC's pre-show. Uh, Almas lost again. Blame Zelina. I don't know what they're going to do or where they're going with that angle, um, but it did roll over into Raw where um, Alberto got his ass handed to him by my nigga Andrade. Andrade was not having it, nigga. Like, oh, no. I am you know your champion. <laughs> <laughs> El idolo, La Sombra. Yo, I'm a huge Johnny fan, as you know, if you listen to the podcast. Um, I was a, you know, critical wrestling fan earlier this year when they had to draft. And I said, you know, I think they put too many young stars on Raw because they don't know how to build them. You know, and I do think they're, they're lacking in some of the building young stars, but with the Alistair Black and Buddy Murphy thing, and then on top of that, Umberto Andrade, building it with each other, like those young stars with each other, and having the victories matter, and just just regular matches and having victories play a part into how people are talking about their trajectory on the company and in, 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 in the atmosphere. Like Andrade saying, "Hey," or, or, or let's say it was Zelina saying, "Hey, we lost. He lost you twice. Not twice. Now we take you seriously, and that's that's dangerous for you." Umberto, that makes me care about Umberto as a new star. You know, um, that match alone with Alistair and Buddy Murphy makes me care about both of them because it, it was a it was a star. It was not a star making match, but it, it elevated them both. So I want to give props to the uh, the Raw roster for using their pieces um, efficiently, uh, not not to the the, the most ability. Because I do think that Ricochet is floundering. I do think Cedric is floundering. Um, I do think there's some people that are still flattered, but you guys have made me care about Umberto with this Andrade storyline. You guys have made me care about where Alistair is going to go next and, and Buddy Murphy as far as their matches. All you got to do is bring that out in terms of how you book them to get the fans to get behind them as far as who they are as a wrestler and their uh, their their storyline. If, 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 if Andrade is this guy who is super competitive, that's great. Like, that's, that's just what he should be, and he's super competitive, he doesn't want to lose, 
to somebody and he's not going to really have somebody take a spot that he's willing to take him out, I think that's perfect. You know, so shout out to Raw for, for um, putting his plan in those seats for these new stars because I, I did shit on them for, for putting them all on the same roster. <laughs> Uh, yeah, nigga, and I'll still kind of give them, you know, um, I'll still give Heyman, um, a few kind of, um, you know, non-passes, you feel me, when it comes to certain people, uh, especially, uh, like you said, Cedric and Ricochet, but again, everybody can't be on top, uh, we just had Cedric in the United States Championship feud with AJ, which he lost, then we also had uh, Ricochet in the United States Championship feud, which he had won and then lost. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. Ricoch- Ricochet and Cedric were highlighted earlier this year. Everybody can't possibly stay on top. You know, as as easy as we think it may be, um, it's not that easy, clearly. Um, or they would have yeah. just done it. You know what I mean? So, I do yeah, want to... I appreciate to- that, because that's true. I mean, and, and you know, sometimes I get lost in the, the sauce... As far as like, oh, okay, so like, I see somebody talented, why not just use them? But we don't know what's going on. However, I still do like the build to Buddy Murphy and Alice Black. Yes, for sure. You know, um, and, and I'm also with, and I'm sorry, not so, not not to keep cutting you off, but when you talk about utilizing the talent, listen, AOP been signed with fucking Raw for the longest. We was asking where it was at, what they were going to do, how they're going to contribute to the tag team division. They just bypassed the tag team division and stuck themselves to one of the top guys in the fucking company, and boom, they're more utilized than ever than they have been previously. You know what I mean? So, um. Raw seeming to kind of like find this niche. Um, it's kind of like honestly, like a coach. You feel like it's, it's college football, right? Um, sometimes in college football, you get hired onto a, a program, and the players that you got on your roster aren't sure guys that you recruited. You know what I mean? So you have to play with what you have. And usually, schools would give you one recruiting class and then a whole recruiting cycle to see if you can develop your players. You know what I mean? So this is right now uh, Heyman. He finally got his draft class. He got his his people, his guys, and now he's just working his program into what he wanted to be. So I will continue to give it time. But when it comes to college programs and when it comes to sports, man, uh, sometimes we're impatient and we want to win now. You know what I mean? So that's the analogy that I have to it. And, and I mean, you're right, you know, you do got to give it time, you got young stars, you got to get to know these people, um, and Heyman's now in charge, and it's, it's, it's just started, so I want to give Heyman his time, and just do, because I do have faith in Heyman, and speaking of giving it time, and just do. Hold, hold on, um, hold on, hold on, CT, I am so sorry, I am getting an emergency call from the wife, I'm going to pause the show, give me one okay. second. All right, thank you guys. We are back. Um, it wasn't so much as emergency. If guys have a relationship, they know those phone calls that we get um, is never what we think is uh, an emergency. <laughs> but, but she she got the baby, so I had to take the call, man. I had to take the call. Uh, but yeah, man, we we are right back where we was at talking about. Um, Talking about Heyman talking about Heyman and giving him time. Yeah, so I was just saying pretty much I was giving things time as far as Raw, because I did come on this show and shit on Raw and say, hey, AW is better. 
AEW's been better for weeks. Uh, I said that Raymond's not doing very well with this Lana or Bobby Lashley thing. Um, hey, you know what? Given it time, I'm realizing something. This shit is intentional, man. This Lana Bobby Lashley thing is actually kind of brilliant on long term. Because I'm, th- I'm seeing now that Lana is a better heater for Bobby Lashley than Leo Rush was. It, it hits on so many nerves for people, man. Like, the whole cup storyline and the black guy taking the white girl. And then, you know, if you're, if you're a black man, you just think this shit is stupid. And if you're a white man, you don't want to see this black man with this white girl. If you're a black woman, you're like, why is the black man on TV with this white girl? It just makes you hate the entire angle. You know, it just, the entire angle, it's hit so many nerves, it's, and it's the drama of it, the sappiness of it, but it's too, it's almost purposely. So, um, I think that Bobby Lassie and Lana actually might be a good fit. I, like, low-key, like, I, like, I'm honestly trying to turn the corner on it, like, huh, it's so bad, it's actually good now. <laughs> this week on Raw, uh, Lana proposed to him to propose to her, which is the most absurd thing you could ever think of. Uh, I showed my girl and I'm like, if this is you, you know? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was actually pretty funny to me. You know, I would only have made it better if Becky Lynch interfered that. Cause I think that would have given that heat would have rubbed off on her and made her, you know, it would have made it, would have made it people so excited to see her. Cause people were booing the shit out of her. You know, um, and I would have had, I would have, I would like to see Becky Lynch interact with them too and see what she had to say. Cause I think that would be a good moment. Uh, but yeah, I'm turning the corner on this body last year on the thing. Um, after this Russo stuff with, uh, the, the, the TLC, it kind of looks like, we're going to have a wedding, and we'll see where that goes. We know how that shit going to go, nigga. That shit going to get interrupted like a motherfucker, dog. We know. No, but honestly, to your point of... Um, to your point of Lana being a bigger heater for Bobby Lashley than Leo Rush ever could have been, uh, is is right on, right on cue um, to do what was necessary... If Bobby Lashley was who y'all want him to be, which was unlikable, um, so yeah. in in that case, um, it was definitely um, it was definitely dope to fucking see. Uh, it's dope to see um, kind of the narrative um, stay the same, but how the reception to it is different. You know what I mean? Like from a from a from a from a from a, from a film critique perspective um these are two characters that we do not care for we wonder why two kinds of bacon and all kinds of delicious say hello to donato's new bacon duo pizzas two pizzas each with two kinds of bacon try the new pepperoni bacon duo with pepperoni canadian bacon and hardwood smoked bacon and the chipotle bacon duo with canadian bacon and chipotle seasoned bacon Now get $2 off a large bacon duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. What you doing? Trying on glasses with Zenni's 3D Virtual Try-On. Wait, are those the actual prices? I say get all of them. Seriously, why not, right? Oh, now I want new glasses. Zenni.com. Quality prescription glasses starting at $6.95. They exist and the fact that they continue to exist make us kind of intrigued to the necessity yeah. of their character, you know what I mean, on the show. So 
I do see that and 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 um, agree with you to that. But I don't give a fuck. I'm waiting for Rusev to come put an end to this shit and stand and stand tall and and figure out where Bobby goes after this. Now, but now, like. I just don't know where it goes. That's the thing about me. I, I, and that's the thing that Samoa Joe said on backstage a couple weeks ago. He was like, how does anybody look better at the end of this all? And if it's to make Bobby a bigger heel, then great. Like, if, Dal- if he gets to the wedding and, like, kind of, like, leaves Lana at the altar or something, or he does something really dastardly and then moves off of it, then great. Bobby Lassie's the next big heel in a uh, Raw. Like, I would love that. But I don't know how this gets them over the point where they can then pretend for the championship. And that's what I want to see down the line. If this pays off in that manner where Bobby's contending for the WWE Championship or Rusev is contending for the WWE Championship, then it was all worth it. If, but other than that, or even, even if it's contending for the United States Championship or if they win the championship, um, if Bobby actually becomes United States Champion, that's cool because he actually has heat behind him right now because he has enough heat that people are going to boo him when he has, and, and you know, that's, makes it worth it at the end. So, as long as there's a payoff, then I'm cool with it. If it's just like, oh, it's just a storyline to fill some time in the middle of Raw and, and, and to cause just, just for some drama on TV, then I'm not going to say it's worth it, honestly. Uh, but it is interesting to see Bobby Lassie get more heat with Lana than he did with Leo Rush. And I, and I just noticed it this week. I was like, wow, they really get other people's skin like a lot. Like, they really do. So, and, and Lana, honestly, is doing great on the mic as well. She just seems obnoxious. Uh, everything she says is <laughs> just, she just boos the shit out of every time she's on the mic. So, and Bobby uh, Lashley says she's the best woman dresser of all time. It, 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 it was good, good heel work for that one. Um, yeah, um, as we give praise and credit to Paul Heyman for the time um, that he's given the young stars on TV. Um, one of our critiques of the show was the time and the structure of the actual show. Um, if anybody watched the show, uh, the last match or last endings image was AJ and Randy, uh, main event. They're not really of any type of importance right now, any title picture, any type of, uh, anything of graviats that, that, that holds any weight. Um, but then in the second hour, you have the hour long gauntlet. Um, I feel like if you swap how that is structured, you have Randy and AJ right after the OC Viking Raiders match. <clears throat> kind of tie in everything with that, with the synchronicity with my CT word. Um, you go ahead and have that go on. Kill that off for the show. Um, have the filler with the Lana Bobby shit as a cool down. And then heat the crowd up again with the gauntlet, and then your lasting image, like I said, Alberto and, and, and Almas, you end with Almas coming up, standing tall, getting ran off by Ray. Ray comes out to check on Alberto, and then fucking Seth uh, ends the show with his two behemoths taking out Ray Mysterio. I think that is how you structure it. I think that's how the show should have ended, and I think that would have done the show a little bit of service um, of it being more of a memorable show. Now we remember things, but we remember like if if it, a TV like a TV episode, a TV episode is flawless. You know what I mean? Like a law, like you saw a Law and Order episode where you hooked your ass from the beginning sequence of the show, or fucking Game yeah, of Thrones. Wanna... Like it's something about a TV episode 
where it just flows and goes together. Seth bookending the show, um, saying that he was going to find out and he's sorry for what he has to do and ending the show by not being sorry about what he has to do. Or then also he was obviously like he did his damage and then he showed mercy. At, you know what I mean? Oh. To not damage him more. So he was sorry for what... Like, that is how you book in the show, man. Um, Everything I else... Should, like, I, I think that, that's how the... That's, that should have been the way. No, you, you're, you're, you're right. I think that when you're making a show... Because uh, wrestling is a television show. Obviously, it's both. It's television and it's a live performance. But even if you're on Broadway... Even if you're on Broadway... It's just a live performance. You want the, the finale, the final third act to be something that people are going to say, leave the home, go home happy. Be like, man, that was, that was, um, I guess going home happy is overrated because when it comes to wrestling, if you go home, I'm going to go have happy if the, if the ending is satisfying. Not if, oh, the good guy wins. I think sometimes we look too much at, oh, the good guy winning. And maybe that's what they look at with Randy Orton winning. Um, but I think the way you structured it, what was way better as far as, the aspect of building a storyline for next week, having a cliffhanger, and making us care for uh, what's happening moving forward. Even that, not that I don't care about the Seth thing, because it really is the best part of all right now. Seth turn, uh, Seth being this kind of like guy who's saying he's going to impose as well, regardless of what the fans think, regardless of what the people in the back think, and then if he's going to use AOP as the conduit to do that, is incredible. He looks like a straight up mob boss. He looks like a he, he, he comes across as a guy who's completely in control and knows what he's doing. He's calculated, and he's taking the steps to make sure his his world is ruling on his terms. And that he the, the gauntlet match obviously had no finish due to Andrade taking out Umberto. We already spoke about how that was, um, was a great move. Uh, but he then inserted himself into the picture of the U.S. US title picture. And last week, I was telling you, the, the U.S. championship should be positioned at the top belt while Brock is out there. And Seth just saying, you know what, I challenge you and uh, taking the spot without having to work in that gauntlet match is some mafioso type shit. So he's coming around and proposing his will as exactly what he said he was going to do. And as a guy who is this outro, is trying to kind of like this noble heel, the same guy, you're not going to like it, but hey, this is what I got to do. I love it. And the more and more I see Seth, the more and more I like him. The more and more, it's just he's still natural in this world. And I want him to get progressively over time more and more uh, heelish. I will do more and more nasty things because uh, that's this turn is not, I don't think it's complete finally yet. I think when he gets some opposition, maybe from Kevin Owens down the line, he's going to have to take his heelness up a lot better level and do some really nasty things to just get us to feel like, okay, this guy I completely agree. I think you said that you wanted to make Seth Rollins the top heel in the business. And I think how you do that is honestly, you, you do exactly what you speak of. Um, you have an adversary that he can have a battle with when kind of like Dean Ambrose, like Dean was the guy. They wanted Dean to win a championship. And I do remember we're going to have our show uh, next week of moments of the year, fuse of the year. I think one of the fuse of the year was Seth Rollins against his brethren. Uh, I think one, like the, it has to be in consideration. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. That in tw- when the, the, when the first happened, yeah, the first term. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like I, th- I think, um, I think the bat, the battles that they had, like the ladder match, um, where Seth came, Seth and Dean came down at the same time, but Seth uh-huh. held the title. That was fucking great. Um, th- like, I, 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 like, and they, they wanted a baby to win, but the heel got over. You know what I mean? I exactly. think. I, and no, not to cut you off. Sorry about that, but I want to make a quick point. Um, Seth was a sniveling heel who skated the. He, he he got away with the title every single time. Somehow he just managed to get away with the title, and that's kind of how Edge was. There's certain types of heels that you know just happen to just keep the title because they find a way. This heel run, I want it to be completely different than the last one. I want him to feel like a dominant threat always. I want him to always feel like a dominant threat, even though he's going to be using AOP as a conduit. I don't want him to be using them and then just managing to escape the title or managing to escape with the victory. I want him to, to decisively win these victories or get over as a heel because he imposed as well, like he said. Um, quick, quick note, uh, before we move on from Raw, uh, you mentioned Bully Ray and you gave Bully Ray props. However, I got to talk about something Bully Ray said about Raw. He mentioned on Twitter that Matt Hardy's pop should give him more creative. We're like, yo, oh my God, the creative is not paying attention because, you know, Matt Hardy got the biggest pop of the night. Fuck out of here with that shit. I'm sorry. I do not want to see Matt Hardy get any more creative than he's already getting. We've seen him have creative for how many, for like goddamn 20 years now. 20 years. Um, he's very, very creative dude. What Matt Hardy needs to be doing is helping these young cats get over as far as using his creative to make sure these other guys can, can build their characters. Because at the end of the day, no matter how much credit you give somebody, you're going to have to go out there and c- compete in the ring. I don't want to see Matt Hardy penguin walk to the ring and, and, and have a match anymore. I don't. And this is and I love Matt Hardy. He's a legend. But he's put his body on the line enough. And him being that gauntlet, great. He, he got the match. He, he got the victory over Ricochet. I thought that was crazy. Like, I thought it, was, it just didn't look right to me, Matt Hardy getting that victory over Ricochet. So when you say you put creative on Matt Hardy, Take their time until you hey, don't be lazy. They're taking their time out of the day to not write for Ricochet, but write for Matt Hardy and build him to what? A United States Championship run, a WWE Championship run, or just have him just there to have be an act again? I'm sorry. Yes, you can have him as a conduit to get other people over at this point. He's way too long in the tooth to be sitting down writing creative for Matt fucking Hardy right now. I'm sorry, Billy Wright. I'm sorry. You're in your own right too, but you're wrong on this one. Uh, I mean, and with that, it's only right that we uh. Hi, I'm finna get disrespectful in this motherfucker. Look. <laughs> It's <laughs> <laughs> you know, so like at the end of the day, like I'm not, I don't get this whole 
hey man, creative doesn't push the guys that are 50 years old almost. Like, I, I really? Bookie, bully, you know better than this, you know? Even in all which bullies over there putting going with Gordon this year, I thought he did a great job of it. And that's how it should be done. Not booking creative to get over Matt Hardy because his pop is loud. People pop for a lot of things. They pop for nostalgia. They pop for surprise and shock and awe. They pop because something was funny. They pop because they actually bought a ticket to see Becky Lynch and she's here. They're not buying no tickets to see Matt Hardy. That's it. And with that, we gone. Moving on to the next day of wrestling, Wednesday. Um... NXT announced that they were going to do commercial-free uh, NXT title match Adam Cole versus Finn Balor to kick off the show. Um, I thought that match was pretty good. Um, it was a tad bit slow pace for me. Um, Time out. Time out. You said the match was pretty good. Mind you, this is Finn Balor and AJ Styles. No, okay, it was Adam Cole. And, and, and Adam Cole. And Adam Cole. And you said the match was pretty good. And when, remember when you said if Randy Orton and AJ Styles have a match and it's pretty good, that means it was a bad match? I feel the same way about Adam Cole and Balor. It was a pretty good match, and I wanted to be blown away. Now, it, and it started the show. It was, it was to heat the crowd up, and it wasn't, it wasn't a finish. Uh, I mean, not, not, not a clean finish because Johnny Gargano came out. So I get it. But I expected more from that match. I expected more from NXT as a whole, honestly, this week. Uh, well, when it comes out to the match, when I say it was pretty good, um, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't a takeover match. Um, to me, it never kind of got out of. I mean, you could say the same thing about Shinsuke and Samoa Joe. Like some of those matches never clicked. Um, you know, or never really looked like it was out of a certain gear or whatever the case may be. Um, we said that about AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. You know what I mean? How. One of their matches just wasn't what we thought it would be. Some of them, some of them do miss, you know. But with that, with that match and with that finish, um, and with that ending, I would have liked to see Johnny come back and kind of uh, cost Finn, uh, Finn Balor the title, which he kind of did. Um, he he cost him with the distraction, and Finn got hit with the low blow, and then uh, you know so. Finn did not lose technically clean, um, and then after that he got his balls busted, no pun intended, and then got his ass whooped. Uh, John, Johnny beat his ass, and you know what I mean. So that that was kind of a, a good. I, I would have kind of booked it another way, um, but looking back at it and talking back at it, it was a pretty decent way um, to to put wait, wait. to pin the loss on Finn and to get Johnny back and to keep. The title on Adam Cole, so I mean they 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 succeeded with that. We had a pre-production show. Sorry to cut you off. We had a pre-production meeting, but the way you would have booked it, I think would have been better. And I think that um, keeping Finn strong and not having him take the L, like you said before on a pre-production show, would have been better. And having him um, maybe a DQ or something, you know, I thought that that's a that's a great way to book it. Like I don't, I think Finn should be. Staying strong, and another thing, like I don't think that Johnny should have been beating down Finn with a chair. I think that Finn should stay looking strong. I don't think he ever could take it. I think he looked really weak for the first time in NXT. He looked really weak, and it just didn't sit right with me. Um, even if he took the L, I wouldn't. Then afterwards, I wouldn't have had to, Johnny beat him down with the chair. He can have one or the other. He could either take the pin, or he can get the beat down. He can't have both. He can't have both. Okay. 
yeah, I would have personally had, like you said, you would have had a DQ. Maybe have the DQ if, and then have him get away. And then he, and then from this point till Johnny and him have a match, I wouldn't have Johnny put a finger on him because Finn, you know, took him out of action and he's now, you know, the prince and he's just, just untouchable until Johnny has all this pent up aggression. And then finally they have the interaction and I want to take over. Uh, I thought this car took the um, wind out of the sails for the angle for me a little bit. Okay, and I think the same way about the, the NXT women's title match that happened later on in the show um, with Rhea Ripley. I think the rocket ship on Rhea, um, again, nothing against her, nothing against her story, nothing against her work ethic. Um, I just don't think she was the right woman with the right story to beat Shayna, uh, who has held the title the longest out of NXT historical reign of the NXT women's title. Um I, I, I don't think that Rhea Ripley has enough equity built in that in that company to hold that title. Um, when it comes to Shayna, Shayna won it. We knew she was a badass from the fucking tournament. You know what I mean? From the Mae Young tournament. When Ember Moon won it, uh, it was the it was the finale of her uh, trying to grab it from Oscar uh, and, and and finally winning it. Uh, when 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 everybody touched that title, it was symbolic. Uh, Rhea Ripley, I think that if the story was told of Candice LeRae, I think that would have sufficed for the storming of the ring. No one fucking knows Rhea Ripley from the first two months she gets. She's only been here two months. She showed up. When she showed up? In October? She showed up in October, won the title in December, and the whole locker room is out there like she fucking Lex Luger slamming Yokozuna. <laughs> You feel me? Like, what the fuck is happening, dog? Yeah, it seems so forced, man. It seems so forced. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm a fan of Rhea Ripley, but like I said a couple weeks ago, I'm not a fan of her matches, per se. I'm a fan of her image. I'm a fan, I'm a fan of her vibe. I'm a fan, I'm a fan that she's a badass. Um, like you said, it would have been better if that was Candice Ray. It would have been so much more organic. Candice Ray is a real like me baby face, and you shouldn't only have that coronation when it's a white meat baby face that's had the, you know, journey of, like, overcoming. So it didn't really fit. It didn't make sense to me. And she was a, a, a solo badass, it seemed like. She would have, she would have, she would have been great. Sorry to interrupt you, but she would have been great to fit the mold as the heel when Shayna left. Yeah, that's true. She just Candace from the top of Shayna, and she got the coronation. She ended like picking her up, and then next week Rhea Ruby debuts and beats down Candace and says, "Hey, the new bad girl town." That would have been real ill. Like that would have been something that I'd like to kind of take into. Like, all right, I can't see what happens next because now. She has a new foil. She overcame Shayna. Now she has a new badass foil to to, to overcome. Um, I haven't emotionally attached myself to Rhea yet, so I'm waiting for that to happen. So that's why this moment did not sink in for me. It did not feel. Um, it, it didn't. It didn't hit the way that it may, may hit for some other people. It seemed forced, and NXT usually does not seem forced. NXT usually is on the pulse of how the fans feel, but this uh, whole excitement around Rhea. It's great and all, because she's a young star and they're trying to build her up. But uh, and she's the first woman to hold the NXT Championship, uh, UK and you know the NXT, I guess USA. But um, and that's cool and all, but it's just now where you go. Like you know, I would have even if it was Io or Bianca, that would have felt a little bit differently. Um, and then her coming in as a foil, 
that would have been more uh, suiting for me. But yeah, NXT this week, Kyle, I, I'm not gonna lie, Kyle let me down. We've been kind of light on NXT for the past couple of weeks. We we they kind of get a pass, but we we do love NXT. It's our favorite uh, show in wrestling right now. So, uh, but yeah, when I watched it this week, I thought, like, hey, the last NXT of the year, you know. We got Shayna and Rhea. We got Finn and uh, Adam Cole. You know, it did not, like, the, the hype around it did not kind of, like, pay off to me this week. Well, shit. Um, well, when that, when, 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 when that is happening at NXT, what's the contrast for uh, what you're seeing on AEW? Now, no matter how bad NXT gets, it's a lot better than what AEW is putting out there. Um, and that's not taking a shot right now. It's just that NXT has tenure, it has a fan base, it has an image, it has an identity. AEW needs to find what is your identity. Like what, what, do you do, what do you provide the wrestling industry that's different than every other company? And how do you structure your roster to portray that on a weekly basis? How do you position your people backstage, your, your organization? Like you said with the coaches, you got players and you want to, you know, figure out how to use them. It takes some time. So even AEW, they're new to the game. They are dealing with a new, they're an expansion team. They, they, they have a new roster. They are now trying to harness them and try to see where they can actually um, best utilize them. But it seems like from week to week, they're like, have ADHD. I'm Bob Sullivan, the new host of AARP's The Perfect Scam Podcast. And with Frank Abagnale and other top fraud experts, we're bringing you brand new episodes of America's most shocking scam stories. I got an email alerting me to 22 accounts that had been opened up in my name. Scam was masterfully designed. New episodes available now. Subscribe to the Perfect Scam podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. Canadian bacon and hardwood smoked bacon. Or Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Get $2 off a large bacon duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. It's like this one week. It's ADHD as far as who they're putting on TV and how they're building them. Um, and then on top of that, they're kind of repeating storylines on the same show. Like I said last week, they have three factions that are essentially recruiting people. Uh, you got the Dark Order, you got the, the Inner Circle, and you have the women's faction of the Nightmare Collective with Brandy Rose. I don't like that all happening at the same time on the cable television show. Because I'm, I'm watching it and I'm like, okay, this seems, I can have to see the pattern. That's not a good thing. You want to have one, if you want to have one angle with the faction recruiting people and then the other faction is, you know, running amok, uh, taking down the tag team division like Dark Order trying to just take out all the tag teams and then you have Chris Jericho and like the, the, the Nightmare Collective with trying to recruit people. Chris Jericho and John Moxley um, are having an angle and he's using the inner circle to um, set John Moxley up and put him in positions where they could take him out before he defended his title, that's how I would have booked it. Like he, they're setting him up so that he doesn't make it to the championship match because he's all we, we know what's happening. Rather than Chris Jericho kowtowing and bowing down to John Moxley saying, "Hey, please join us," because we all know we're not dumb. 
John Moxley has been portrayed as a rebel. He's not going to join this group. Now, if he, and if he does join the group, it looks stupid because John Moxley is not that. So um, this whole angle with Jericho doesn't really um, make sense to me. And then you have two other factions doing the same thing, and it doesn't make sense to me at all. Meanwhile, you gave the title to SCU, because I don't mind that. Scorpio Sky is great. I like Kazarian, even though you don't think Kazarian, he's pretty old. I think he still can go. Um, they're kind of like in the background, you know, and they, they, should be, they should be showcased a little bit more as far as, you know, showcasing your championships. Showcase your woman's champion. Where, has, where the fuck is Rio? Like, what is she really doing? And maybe she was on TV this week because I didn't see every single segment. But I haven't heard, since you won the title, I have not like really, I don't know what the hell is going on with her. And they've been putting more time in the women's division, building up Brandy Rose and her new faction, than your women's championship. So, and you got pieces like, you know, Swall, use her, you know? She has charisma, like natural charisma, like use her. Like, put it together. You guys have pieces here. I say every single week, you got some real pieces. Now you just gotta manage how to use them. And everybody can't be on the same, everybody can't look cool. Everybody cannot go out there and do what they want because it's gonna make the show look chaotic. If everybody's went out there with the creators that they want and just go out there and do what they want, maybe, hey, you know what, Dark Order, I know you want to recruit somebody this week. How about you do that next month? Because right now we have this thing going on with the Nightmare Collective recruiting people. I know it's kind of repetitive. Hey, you know what, Chris Yoko, I know you want to go out there and make an angle. Like, hey, you're recruiting John Moxley, but we would like it better if you made this more more animosity around our championship. And we want to build an angle where you guys, where you're kind of like scared of him, but you're setting him up so he doesn't make it to the championship. So then we can have you recruit people like JF and JF next week, next month, or a month down the line, or you can try to use that recruitment angle for another person on the roster. Maybe a young star like Jimmy Havoc. Uh, uh, maybe, I mean, not that he got young, but maybe you want to recruit Joe Janelle, or you want to use that to get over somebody else. You know, don't, you have, you have ideas that are actually, that are not bad ideas. You just got to put it together in a way that uh, the show comes off as, hey, I want to tune into this. Because you guys are losing not only ticket sales, you guys are losing ratings, and you guys are losing eyes. Like, people are literally tuning out. Because NXT fans are not watching uh, AEW, but AEW fans do watch NXT. And over time, if this, in 2020, if this continues down this path, this trajectory, it's not going to look good for you a year from, t- from today. So I just hope that AEW brings this thing together, tightens it up a little bit more, and makes me intrigued. Because last couple months, I was intrigued, and they didn't do a bad job. Um, but it's, 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 it, needs to, it needs to a little bit more tightening up, a little bit more continuity, um, and we'll talk more about continuity and how they can get there later on and business and logic. But, excuse me, but they have some work to do, you know, and, and honestly, this week, AEW was the worst show of the week. Damn, so that means heading into yesterday, SmackDown, you watch SmackDown and that rate, what, number one or number two? I would say number two, because Raw actually got me this week, even though I said they were the worst show for a pack of weeks. Um, but Raw, I think Seth has really uh, sparked some energy behind that show, and then I see the young stars actually coming out there and balling out every week and, and now getting some character development. And then Becky Lynch also had an angle with Oscar, with, that promo with Oscar I thought was really dope. 
I think a lot got a lot of notoriety online, even people saying, Hey, Becky is noticing that she is a chosen one and and then she brought in continuity with the whole thing with Oscar, like you said, and brought the history and saying, Hey, I need to get over this. So that show as a whole just made more sense, uh, out of all the shows this week. And made me feel like, okay, I want to tune in next week. SmackDown, I would say it might be number two. And then NXT and then AW and SmackDown had a pretty cool intro because we got to see Dan Bryan cut a promo, which Dan Bryan's promo, like I say, he's one of the best to do it. Whether he's a heel, whether he's a face, the mild, the leaps and bounds Dan Bryan has made as a talker from when he was, you know, the rest, um, Brian, da- Brian Danielson, American Dragon, is incredible. And he really knows who he is. Him coming out there and saying, hey, I got my hair ripped out. I didn't know what happened. I woke up, went home to see my daughter, and she, she cried. That makes me feel something. That makes me care. You know, he's like, yo, but I looked at myself in the mirror, and I saw Brad. I, I, you know, he said it was a brand. He, he saw that he stripped away himself from Brian, and he saw what made him... Uh, he's someone, the man that had to fight, claw crux, you know, had to fight for everything he got. That was incredible because you, you can you can buy into that. You can say yes if you know the history of Daniel Bryan, you get it. If now if you don't know the history of Daniel Bryan and you're just a general viewer, it might be a little bit vague to you, like what's going on here. But for me, a wrestling fan, I think that was a great promo. And then the Miz comes out and he has an interaction with Daniel Bryan. He's like, listen, I hear you and all, but. Hey, I have some unfinished business with, with with Bray, and my goal was to take that championship. And he 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 like you know the mess of my home, and I'm gonna take what matters to him the most, and that's his title. And then you know you got Baron Corbin coming out there, and he he you know as he's saying he's the king and whatnot, and tries to play them, says that, that they're pretty much failures as a father. Um, we want to see Baron get hands put on him. Dolph Ziggler comes out, he ends that. And they set up that tag match for the main event. So it was very, very well produced, very well put together. Now, I know that some people don't always want to see promos. I'm one of the people that understands the usefulness of a promo to make the show flow and to make the show, to make people buy into the match. Because if a promo sometimes, one promo, like one good promo, can make you care about a match that you would not care about at all. One good promo, and that promo did. So I wanted to tune into the last match, see how it showed up, see what tuned in, um, see what happened, and see if the theme showed up. And uh, we got a victory for Daniel Bryan and The Miz. Uh, Baron Corbin is now going to be having a triple threat with The Miz and Daniel Bryan next week. It's been announced to see who takes on the theme, the Bray Wyatt, for the championship. And we just get to laugh. You know, the lights go out, come back on, or the, you know, and you just hear the big white laugh. It's really ominous. You know, he's 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 looming over SmackDown. It makes Bray feel like he is the big guy on that show. Like, in fact, the whole, even though he wasn't on the show, Bray felt like his presence was felt to me. And I think that structurally makes sense with him being your champion and with him being such a demonic force. It made sense to me. I definitely agree. SmackDown was more um, complete, I would say, uh, when it had, you know, SmackDown seems to be the show where more of the fan-friendly filler spots we have the New Day, we got heavy machinery, you know what I mean, we got shit like that, Um, but when it comes to uh, the top 
ever since 2016 when they had the brand split, they've made their top championship matter. Uh, even with the gender whole thing, when he had it, uh-huh. it mattered because we was waiting to see who the fuck was going to take it off that nigga. You know what I mean? Like, their top yeah. t- their top title has always mattered. So um, it doesn't surprise me that right now, even with the character as Bray Wyatt having the title, um, him being uh, as intricate as he is with a character, the title always seems secondary. But when you have a performer like Bray, uh, a Daniel Bryan in The Miz who can add those little nuances, talking about we're going to take the title away from because that seems the only thing he wants, and you know we're going to hit him where it hurts type shit. Like he's not a you know he's not you know he doesn't uh, appear to uh, be uh, he he's like pain resistant damn near you know what I mean like so yeah. having those two characters add something to it. Uh, sprinkling Baron Corbin in there is a reward for his hard work. You know what I mean? Like he's done uh-huh. everything that he needs, and clearly they need a bad guy in this fight. Uh, Miz still seems to be a good guy. Obviously, Daniel Bryan is a good guy. Um, Baron Corbin seems to be the person that would take the pinfall. And what I like is they don't ignore the fact that the Miz was a bad guy. Like. They have a backstage segment where the men's are like, hey, with everything we've been through, I gotta thank you for saving me from Bray Wyatt. But nigga, I still don't like you. Like, they, they don't ignore the fact that these guys have history. So, this whole Miz Bray Wyatt theme thing, I thought has, it's from top to bottom. They've been doing a great job with the storytelling on SmackDown. So, I just gotta tip my cap to them on that. Um, uh, what else on SmackDown was Call Your Eye? Because honestly, Heavy Machinery did catch my eye. Uh, because they're just hilarious. You know? Shout out to Otis I, getting I, I, his I, I, kiss. Otis getting his kiss from Mandy was definitely yeah. top flight, man. Christmas kiss. It wasn't on our lips, man. You need some Exactly. Oh, that would be interesting. He's kind of like a like a like a little then, puppy. Yeah, yeah. And then oh, and then Tucker has to like kind of like understand like, hey, she's playing with you. He's in and a that ch- would be that yep. yeah. Yeah, that'll be that'll be good. That'll be good storytelling. And then um, uh, meanwhile, I want to see uh, uh, what's her name, Sonia, get her shine as a single star a little bit while she's doing that. Separate these two. Not like divide them. Like they'll still talk backstage and have their segments together, but have Sonya look like a force as a singles competitor to some degree, because I think she has a quiet future. Um, I do. I think that Sonya is the girl, if she can start to get her own character outside of her own Mandy thing, she has a bright future. And she won a match against Baylor this week, so shout out to Sonya the girl. Um, I did want to touch on Lacey Evans, uh, Sasha Banks, Bailey situation on SmackDown. This, uh, it's just like, that's the thing. Like, I feel like WWE is going to fuck this up. I feel like they're going to fuck it up and put the title on Lacey Evans. Because at this point, Lacey 
Shields is a baby face. Um, and they're going to go with her. I just have a feeling that they're going to go with Lacey Evans. And then we're still not going to get the Sasha Banks Bailey match that we that, that we need of importance. I, I I definitely need one of those two to turn on each other. We've been saying it for weeks, Sasha and Bailey. Uh, Lacey Evans right now, I guess, is trying to use her daughter. And mind you, Sasha's trying to try to try to you know to disrespect her daughter. And I'll say that Lacey Evans' daughter is no Izzy. She didn't cry. <laughs> she. She was trying to fight back. Uh, I thought that was kind of cute, but uh, I would have had Sasha. I want to see Sasha do something a little bit more. And it being the holidays, I would have gotten some heat on Sasha with like maybe Lacey giving her daughter a gift and Sasha kind of like breaking it and, or taking it from her. It would have been crazy. Uh, it would have been a, a good moment to get heat on Sasha or Bailey. Uh, but down the line, I see for some reason this child ending up on Lacey and this being the moment they crown her. As a, as a woman champion, even though it's not the right time. I think what's going to happen is Lacey's just going to be the uh, transition champion. They can't do Bailey to ba- Banks. They're going to do Bailey to Lacey and have Banks involvement in there somehow, and then Banks win the title back. Uh, if that's how it pays off at the end, uh, it's going to be kind of crazy getting there. And I'm not excited to see it unless they really put some time and effort into writing it so I could see something to make me care you know because I, I see the writing on the wall if she's giving this title and it doesn't make me happy it doesn't make me feel like yes this is what Lacey's time and if she's a transitional champion great a lot of people have their first championship run are, are, are transitional champions and she'll eventually have a run where she actually holds it down for women's revision down the line when she is a leader and uh, as a as a as a you know strong character that um, kind of drives the show, uh, Lacey's not there yet. And Banks Banks is gonna win this SmackDown title because she's gonna be the second Grand Slam champion ever. Well, she needs to win it eventually. This has to somehow get to Banks, but I thought Banks should get it over Bailey. Like I think that Banks should get it over. I don't know. That's how I would have booked it, and. I'm not super excited or intrigued by this angle. Um, but, hey, Sasha looks great, so. Sasha looks great as shit. <laughs> she looks amazing. <laughs> but uh, other than that, yeah, SmackDown, SmackDown was SmackDown. You know, it was all right. It was, it was uh, second best show of the week. Uh, I think uh, it was the holiday season, too, so I'm not going to knock it too hard. We get the uh, Shinsuke tag team match with Otis and Becky. Um, it was alright, but like you know, those kind of matches I'm not gonna be critiqued because it's not meant for me to critique. It's just a holiday match for the holidays, and <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> it's a holiday uh, match for the holidays. <laughs> yeah, for the holidays. <laughs> yeah, oh man! Back, you know, so hopefully Seamus comes back soon and kicks some heads off, and that's all. Um, so going forward with the show, with the show, um, we're into the end of the week. Um, usually before we get out of here, we got two staples of the show, um, Book and Black and Business and Logic. Um, real quick, let's get into Book and Black. Uh, you said that you watched backstage and, uh, something kind of triggered you. So go ahead and, uh, throw your, go, go ahead and get your, get your shit on. Pause. All right. Last week, I think it was either last week or the week before, we did Book in Black, and we shouted out our black queens. 
and we gave props to Sasha, Bianca Belair, and I, you know, want to see Naomi come back. But this week on backstage, we saw Ember Moon take center stage and promo class, and they cop the script. Usually, it's celebrity on promo class competing with a WWE superstar, and this time they had William Shatner as a celebrity guest, but he was the judge, and the two people who did cut a promo was. Christian and Amber Moon. Okay. Amber Moon. She did a promo where it's like uh, Macbeth, to be or not to be, and it was one of the worst things I've ever seen. Um, it was not, it's like maybe she was just having fun, and I don't want to critique her promo backstage too much because it's not on TV or not overall, but my whole thing is, Ember, I need to see more from her on the mic, man, because I know that Ember has what it takes in the ring. And she, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Ember Moon. She's one of the illest finishers out of all the roster. I think it's really dope. I think it's good. I think she has things not sustainable. I think she can hurt herself doing that for year after year after year, yeah. But um, it's one of the really cool finishers. It can't come out of nowhere, but it's a finisher that when people see her going to the top rope, they're going to stand on their seat, out of their seat and say, oh, I can't wait to see this uh, eclipse. She can have a bright future in this company uh, if she can learn to talk on the mic. And with our book and black today, I am challenging Ember to get better on the microphone. Um, and that's pretty much it. Because she not only did the promo on promo class, at the end of the show, they have a thing where they read mean tweets and they have a promo back at the fans. She had a tweet. Uh, I forgot what the tweet said, but go back and watch it. It's all backstage. And she pretty much got a promo with the fan where she's like, Ugh. I'm so mad, and it just came off as like, yo, she's not serious, like, it's not like, she's just playing around, you know, and it was like somebody who's not a wrestler acting as if they're a wrestler, and I thought that was a bad look. So, right after that, they had Alexa Bliss, who somebody wrote a tweet on her and saying that she's just a pretty face, and that's why she's all wrestling. And she got a really deep promo, pretty much saying, like, yo, I, I worked my way up here. Uh, I may be a pretty face that got me in the door, but I worked my ass off to be where I'm at, pretty much. And that she's a gymnast her whole life in front of the, the public eye, and she built for this shit. And it just made Ember look so bad as far as, like, oh, that's why Alexa Bliss is where she's at, and that's why Ember Moon is where she's at. It's not that Ember, Alexa better than Ember and Ray. It's not that Alexa's, you know, better looking than Ember. I think Ember is, is a fine-looking woman. I think that Ember Moon needs to learn how to make the fans connect to her in a manner that, through her verbiage, through her, through her words, and that, that she has lacked. And it's not like she hasn't had opportunities to do that. I think we need to see more from that from Ember, and she needs to care to do that, to care to improve on that in that facet. Um, I have the same problem with Apollo Crews. I think he needs to, he had an opportunity to speak on the mic, and he did not capitalize on it. And some of these guys need to, they're super athletic. Those are two guys who I've seen in the indies who are super athletic that I couldn't wait for to make it to WWE. And I'm like, yo, they are going to steal the spotlight because, come on, how can they not? And it's not that people don't like them. Ember Moon had a great moment in the Royal Rumble last year. And, and she had another moment, I think, in the Women's Royal Rumble, uh, maybe, was it Evolution? I yeah. think that people want to like Ember. People want to get behind Ember. It's just that, she has to be put in the position to succeed, and she has to knock it out the park, and she hasn't done that yet. Um, she said something on, pack, on backstage that people are not giving opportunities. Sarah Logan not giving an opportunity. You have people like, you know, uh, Sonya Deville, and, uh, and she's mentioned, she mentioned some names, but 
these women have to go out there and actually come, uh, not just be good in the ring because I think they're I think those girls are great in the ring, but they can talk to the mic. You know, like I'm more excited to see Ruby Riot return because I know she can cut a promo than I am to see Emma Moon, and I don't want and I don't like that because I Ruby, I am a huge Emma Moon fan. You know, but you want to say something? No, I was letting you get. I was letting you get. I was letting you get your 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 your, your shit off because I know during the pre-production when we talked about it, I was like, "Yo, save it for the pod because you were giving me the explanation of why too." And I was just like, "I feel you." Like I, when it comes to Ember and it comes to her speaking ability, I never thought that we knew exactly what or who she was. Because she never told us, you know what I mean, and that's a that's a huge uh, 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 hole that needs to be filled, and the only person that can fill it can't be filled with vignettes. It can't be. It gotta be. It gotta be a promo. It gotta be a vignette from your mouth, from you, uh, about who you are. I think that that's the only way it's going to uh, garnish any traction. So. Uh, when it comes to booking Black with Ember Moon and and booking her to probably go back during this time, she's you know with the Achilles injury, maybe she comes back with a different gimmick. Maybe she comes back. Um, she's in the PC and doing promo classes, and maybe she's maybe she does put that work in because Achilles going to take her about at least nine months, nine months to a year. So she has ample time to figure out who she is, what she wants to be, and how to get there. But I do agree with you that she needs uh, to come back strong on the mic in order for her to be propelled where she needs to be at. Yeah, you know, so I've seen enough now from Ember to say that, hey, she has um, lacked the ability to harness support behind her into a microphone. And she needs to harness the energy from the fans that support her and harness the the belief they have in her. And she needs to believe in herself and convey that in words on the microphone. Whether it be as a heel or a face, you got to use that power that people are saying, hey, we believe in you. To then say, all right, I believe in myself. And this is how I'm going to portray my words. Because even if they're telling you to say some bullshit, you got to portray it in a certain way where it's like, yo, uh, it's some bullshit that, uh, you know, that you are, that you, that, that, because you know, you, you're giving a lot of stuff backstage. I'm sure it's not easy for these guys to get a bad script and then convey it. But there are some people we don't have this problem with on the roster. I, I, we've seen Kevin Owens say dumb stuff, but he said it in a way where it's accepted. You know, it's like, so you just got to find a way to do that, you know, and um, that's that's pretty much all there is to it with Black and Black. And I, and I wish, really wish you help. And uh, get better, so get well, feel better. You know, get get well soon. I can't wait to see her back. You know, because we have people like Naomi, who I can't wait for her to see her come back. But we, she can have, she has charisma on the mic, and she didn't always have it too. But she grew over time to where like, oh, you can see, you can get behind her words and see that oh, she believes that. You know, so this showing on backstage, maybe she was just having fun. Number was just having fun, but that was a moment to show us the fans that. Hey, it's not WWE. It's you. Like you, 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 you can. I mean, it's, it's not. It's not. I mean, it's not you. It's WWE. Like you have the ability to cut a promo. And on both, she had two opportunities. On both of them, she failed. And like she was just having a good time. So hey, if you're having a good time. You can have a good time as a C level person on the roster. But I want to see her become an A. And um, we'll hopefully, hopefully, we see her when she returns. 
And with that, that kind of rolls into um, our business and logic uh, when it comes to not just a character, but a company um, as a whole that we will want to succeed uh, with them putting their best foot forward in this AEW. Um, we kind of seen their character develop over time through social media. Um, pretty much, uh, you know, the Young Bucks were birthed uh, through our generation of on the phone, constant social media. You good? That's that's you rumbling. You, you all right? Tommy. Yeah, yeah. I heard. I hear. I hear something rumbling in the background. Oh, maybe I should just stop because I was walking. Oh, um, no, I was just saying, now we've seen the Young Bucks kind of grow through social media. um, And then now uh, they made a tweet out or put their last tweet saying that it's time for them to, you know, call it quits and and, 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 and dip out on, on Twitter and my my conversation to this for business and logic is that, uh, or my my conversation to this, I guess, would be, I guess that's that that is that is us watching them grow into businessmen uh, with logic decision making. You know what I mean? Like, um, and and honestly, they didn't have to get off of Twitter. You know what I mean? They 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 didn't have to like leave Twitter altogether, but they could have deleted all their tweets and they they, they could come back uh, more professional. Uh, they can come back and have social media. Uh, 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 um, uh, uh, I don't know what to call them runners. You know what I mean? Uh, or intern, whatever. Um, you know, handlers, handlers, social media handlers. Um, I just look at the decision. Uh, of them doing so, and and I can only just just kind of ask, uh, are they making this decision because they're going to step it up a level, or are they making this decision because shit is a little bit harder than they thought it was? I just hope it's not them running away. I just hope that it's not like, hey, we can't handle the conversation. Uh, I don't want to see it anymore. I hope it's them going back into their own, um, going back in the lab, you know, going back to the gym. Or what, I, what I mean by it is the creative lab, you know, going back into your own head, into your own self, into your own soul and say, hey, what makes the Young Bucks pop? What makes AEW pop? And really harnessing uh, your creative energy and ignoring uh, all, and silencing all the noise. Because sometimes the noise, as we mean you know this, the noise kind of gets you off your track and be a path of book creating your own art. Yes. Creating what you want to, you know, creating what you want to portray to, and to be authentic, you know? So sometimes you got to drown out the noise to then get back to business. And I, that's why, and ra- rather than, hey, you know, um, I don't know, some, somebody said some bad thing about them on Twitter and they can't handle it. I don't, I don't, and I don't think that's it because they don't feel like the type to care
Now, if it's sustainable, that's the question. Is it going to be something that you guys are going to um, uh, cater towards your fan base alone? Or is it going to be something that you're going to make broader? Because you guys have an opportunity being on national television to make a broad impact in wrestling and, 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 and push the, 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 you know, uh, you know, break the ceiling, push the narrative, push the, the envelope as far as the levels that rest, professional wrestling can go to. So I hope that them leaving Twitter is more in that vein rather than, hey, somebody said something bad and I can't deal with the toxic environment. You know, I, 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 want, I hope that they are just trying to drown out the noise. And and when it comes to drowning out the noise, like you gotta understand, like noise is going to be a part of what's happening. You feel me? Like you know, um, it, it, it's 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 just it's it's, it's yeah, it's, it's it's exactly it's inevitable. You know what I mean? Like that part of what's happening is just there. You know, um, I do hope the evolution of them. Um, shows, you know what I mean? Because, listen, the, in no shape or form, this comes in an envious fashion when we speak. We just know, honestly, you were given a, you were given an opportunity before we were, and your fuck-ups are, 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 are publicly um, uh, magnified. You know what I mean? And granted, we have some ideas that we want to do too, and with the resources... If we could do some of them, we would do them, and some of them might not be as conventional, but God damn it, it's going to make sense. It's, it's going to have logical moves behind it, and we're going to be able to, like, no one, no one expected them to step into this knowing what they were going to do. Exactly, and, and it's a hard, it's a hard road, you know. Like when you start to step into a certain field or new atmosphere. When we started this podcasting, we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into, and then we had to deal with our backlash, and we have to then evolve and change, and we have to deal with okay, how does this affect what's our art? What, 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 what do we want to do? Rather than what do people think we should be doing? You know, like uh, what, and that comes with any field. Sometimes you gotta look into yourself. And, and find that next step, that next level, that next you know evolution of what you what you are. Now, I think the Jungle Bucks have been incredible, and they created something that's incredible. But when you're satisfied with what you created and not pushing the narrative forward or putting that person the bar, that's when you start to then feel like, okay, this is it. You know, like okay, we 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 change the business. This is how it feels. And okay, what's next? Oh, we we change the business, and people still hate us, or people are still talking shit. Uh, okay, what we're doing right now is not good work. Uh, and then you start to question yourself and the confidence level. So sometimes the noise can be distracting. So I don't mind them. I don't blame them for even Twitter. I mean, sometimes I'm not on Twitter that much because it's it's not the real world. It's not going to, you know, what, what makes them yet more special is that they stuff true to themselves. When everybody calls them stop monkeys, when everybody said they're, they're not really wrestling, they're old, they're choreographers. They kept doing that shit because that's who they are, and they didn't give a fuck. And they created their own little style and their own wrestling, uh, you know, piece of the pie. And now they get to display that in AEW, which is great. Now, if they can add little elements of other wrestling to round them out, they're going to be rock stars. People think they're legitimately the best tag team in the world, and there are arguments to be made that they are. But you know, sometimes you got to take it, take find out the next level to be You know, you guys went from. 
generation me to the young bucks to the elite to being the elite to AEW and now now what you guys are just super creative super innovative uh you clearly are against the grain clearly you're rebels in your own right now what I think what it does now is it 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 gives it it gives their fan base the opportunity to take a step back and think for themselves now, because as you know, Twitter can be an echo chamber of what you create, and if you don't have the people uh, um, there, uh, you know the the spearhead and the the actual uh, content creators, if they're not available. Uh, then it gives those fans the ability to create their own narrative, which I think is is definitely um, uh, necessary for the simple fact that um, you don't want anything biased. You want it to be objective. You want it to be honest. And you want your art to be appraised uh, accordingly. You know what I mean? You don't want your art cheapened. And I think that... Uh, the Young Bucks has given so much um, to their vision um, that they probably do need to take a step back. And honestly, watching them go forward and do what they do um, has uh, completely inspired the empire that we hope to create. But my thing uh-huh. is, is that, um, you know, we've only known them for, quote unquote, selling CDs out to Trump. You feel me? Like, can they make themselves Jay-Z of wrestling? You yeah, dig? Yeah, that's really good analogy. That's true. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, like, you know, shit, Jay-Z got denied. He had to make his own record label. He made his own record label, went platinum off his own record label, became a business entity. Yo, y'all, y'all taking the steps forward. Y'all not selling them out the truck no more. Y'all not out pro wrestling tees. Y'all at Hot Topic, my nigga. You got your own wrestling company on TNT, national television. Like, you are solidifying your name. But yes, it's so unfortunate that you have to go to what's next. It's, it's, it, but that's the legacy that you wanted to create. You know what I mean? that, or you stay where you're at, and 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 then you, it's like you only the only way up is only to go up is to push yourself further. Exactly, because you, you can coast. You can coast. But that's you put yourself at risk of getting stale and going back down to where you were. You know, and, and that's the that's the hard nature of the entertainment industry. Period. You know, if you if you you guys when you start to coast, you start to be predictable, and, and honestly, the young bucks. Have become predictable. I'm not gonna, and that's not to hate. Like I said last week, y'all had like 11 table spots in that match. It was unnecessary. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, um, let's. You know, and, and it's not. And I don't. And I really don't know why they left Twitter. So I'm just speculating. But. It might not be because I mean I don't know. I really just I really just. I mean, we grew up. We grew up with it, man. I mean, I've had it since '09, so it's been a decade. Like we've the first decade of Twitter, we were on it. You know what I mean? Like so, it it it, it's it's. I guess it's what Facebook is to people because um, I was never my social media involvement wasn't heavy because of where I was at in life. So. When Facebook came popping, what, 2005, 2006, 2007, 
2008 type shit like that. I was in, I was graduating high school. I was in the military, so I wasn't accessible all way. Like I didn't even have my phone for months at a time because of military training and shit like that. We couldn't have that type of shit. But when I got you know settled in and I was out about 2009, Twitter took off. It was a new thing, and it made me leave Facebook. And like so, it, it's our AOL type shit. You know what I mean? And Niggas grew themselves, like, like man, I remember Lil Duval, nigga, in 2009, like, I remember fucking Russell Rap in 2011, 2012 type shit, like, it, it was, it, 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 Twitter is a part of, I guess, our Generation Z's culture, you know what I mean, like, because I don't even know if we qualify as millennials, but we're Generation Z. You know, millennial. Like I think it shows. I don't we're, know. We're, we're, we're millennials. We count as millennials. I think. Uh, and, and, you, and you're hitting on something that's really true. Is that like we when we started with all the social media stuff, we didn't know where we were gonna go. Exactly. And, and we we just put ourselves out there. You know, and these things grew over time. And you gotta learn how to navigate your relationship with social media. That's why I'm off of it sometimes because. It's uh, it's could be toxic, and you you gotta find a way to use it to your benefit. I, I personally use it for business aspirations mostly, uh, and that's how my association with, with social media has been. And I think the young bucks taking themselves off of it, and maybe they just speak, speak through AEW, you know, you know, uh, Twitter. You know, I don't know if they're gonna stay on Twitter. I'm not sure if they they plan on coming back. But a break is always nice. You know, people have left Twitter in the past and came back, and sometimes when you're in the public eye, it's it's needed because you're constantly bombarded with opinions. You're constantly bombarded with because you're when you're a public figure. We can only imagine how much you get on a daily basis of criticism, positivity, and just nonsense that you're like, I don't care about this shit. You know, so and, and you have day, to fucking filter through it all. Filter through it all, you know. So yeah, so I don't, I don't blame them. So then, uh, young bucks, we we support you, uh, and we but we we are, we're gonna keep it keep it a buck. And we, we just hope that you use this time wisely off of Twitter. As you have been, clearly you created this empire. You got the smart guys. Uh, and you guys have been, uh, you know, your own, doing it your own way. And you're doing it now your own way. You don't have to put up with these trolls. And you don't got to put up with these guys sucking your dick on Twitter either. So, and so you, don't have to, you don't need the echo chamber and you don't need the hate. So go out there, you know, I mean, I mean you know, chill with, chill, you know, for a little while. Just take your time off Twitter and Come back when you're ready. If you if you if you ever need to, man. And 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 with that, man, we gonna go ahead and fucking anything else we gotta talk about, we gotta touch on anything else that you wanna get off your chest for in the episode. Um, I just want to uh, show some love to uh, the Kofi Kingston, the New Day. For getting a new contract, show some love to the Street Profits for getting a new contract, and I want to show some love to uh, Jimmy Uso, who I think is, uh, was on trial for this DUI, and I think he was found not guilty. So uh, all y'all, I'm wishing y'all the best. Make your money. I can't wait to see the Usos come back, and congratulations to the Street Profits and the New Day for uh, signing a long-term contract with the WWE. Secure that bag. Yes, yes. I look forward to seeing y'all in the future. Um, creating great art and, and putting on great shows for us. And thank you for all your hard work. Shit, and definitely what a way to sign off with extra positivity sprinkled on top. You feel me? 
black on black love for you know what I mean and even though CT don't consider Jimmy Uso black cause he's Samoan I still call you my nigga my nigga <laughs> hey, hey hey I show them love even if they if they're Samoan and I fuck with them uh, just as much um, as I do my, my niggas so um, yeah, you guys keep doing your thing I can't wait to see y'all back I can't wait honestly I really need some Usos and, I, and uh, on my show so on my TV so I can't wait for them to come back and I hope everything at home is uh, A-OK and y'all got your heads, heads all right and ready to get back to business Shit, I appreciate you, CT, for sticking it out with me. Um, I think the audio was uh, as good as it could have been. Well, I mean, we could have made it better, possibly. But I think we had a really good show. We had a great, um, great, you know, outside of us stepping on each other with the talking. But um, thank you for putting up with the little break in between time. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get this put up for us as soon as possible. But I'm about to go ahead and uh, enjoy some good old Buffalo pizza and wings. Watch the Bills wow. beat the Patriots. And uh, go celebrate my mom's 50th birthday, man. Uh, yeah, good luck to you. Uh, you uh, happy birthday to your mother. And uh, let's see if the Bills can get that victory. Because either one of y'all, I don't care who wins. I don't care who loses. I just want to see somebody lose. <laughs> <laughs> Just fan over here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> take it easy. Well, thank you. Love y'all. Thank y'all for listening. And uh, tune in next week. All right. But yeah, Peace. next week we got our review uh, show, uh, decade show, end of the decade. You know, we're going to do what everybody else is doing, uh, but we're going to do it better and different. Well, I don't know better, but definitely different. So uh, well, it, will, we... it, will, it will be better because it's going to be reasonable. It's going to be real. It's going to be factual. Come <laughs> on, be... fa- hey, actual, it's factual. Not gonna, it's not going to be, hey, AJ Lee and CM Punk are the best wrestlers of the decade because they made pop like pipe bombs. That's ridiculous. So uh, you're going to get a real take on that next week. So we'll see. Uh, and that's a little sneak peek. <laughs> Yo, y'all gotta stay tuned for what we got next week. Yo, thank y'all guys for listening. Uh, I want everybody to have a Merry Christmas, uh, Happy Holidays. Um, be safe out there, please. Uh, and uh, bundle up for those who are up here in this cold weather because, nigga, it's cold. Happy Kwanzaa. <laughs> happy Kwanzaa. <laughs> <Happy, laughs> <laughs> Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. Canadian bacon and hardwood smoked bacon. Or Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Get $2 off a large bacon duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. Let's say you make it to the top. What's next? Relish in the glory of your accomplishments? Okay, sure. For a minute. But then, you move forward. Take the 2021 Escalade. Cadillac's newest arrival is more than just a celebration of iconic luxury. It's the most technologically advanced Escalade ever. Because arriving is just the beginning. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.